quickly mention the Jags. And if ever two teams could be on four and seven with a degree of optimism, the Jags at four and seven, I'm starting to see some Jags fans mentioning we've got to play the Titans twice. We could flip this division if we win both of those games. Um, and the Lions on four and seven, which again, it, sometimes it feels like a full storm, but it does feel like they're motoring in the right direction. They've obviously had a couple of standout uh, performances and results this year, and very unfortunate on Thanksgiving against the Bills last week. Um, Colin, Jags at Lions, this should be like entertaining, if nothing else. I mean, this would be a good game to watch. It should be. I mean, they. This is, I suppose, last uh, week, particularly, obviously, in the, the fourth quarter, Trevor Lawrence was magic. And this is, he has definitely been ascending, I think, in the, the past three games. We're still yet to see him put it together over the entirety of a game. I mean, that's what you wanted. He could put what he did in the fourth quarter together um, for four quarters. Uh, good luck to the rest of the, the league. He, he has shown flashes of it, and he's shown more over the, the past few weeks. Again, you had Jags players talking last week about what it was like under uh, Urban Meyer, though um, the college crowds last Saturday were chanting Urban's uh, name. And so he he's definitely uh, in demand uh, in that uh, side of things. The, for for the Lions, it's been a case of, you know, the kind of um, two steps forward and three steps back in, in some ways. Um, they have been very good um, at times, particularly on the ground, um, but they have their defense just, ha you know, in, in stark contrast to, to the Broncos, their offense has lived up to its end of the bargain. Um, but their, their defense has not. Um, this is, is certainly a game where, you know, you're looking at the Jags um, in their past 22 road games. They are 1-21. and 21. And the Lions in their past uh, 11 non-conference games are 0-10-1. and 1. So somebody's got to uh, get the, the fifth victory of the, the season. And I'm going to, to say it looks like Travis Etienne will be fit enough to, to play. I think with Lawrence and Etienne and with Doug Peterson, you know, really beginning to kind of show his worth that they will get the, the win over the Lions. I It's another one where if the Lions were to to win it would i be shocked absolutely not 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 in any way shape or form i do think it'll be um an offensive battle between these two teams i um were probably jealous of both teams ability to score points to be honest but yeah i'm gonna say that the the jags get the victory on sunday and move to five and seven on uh, the year and yeah i i get i get why those uh you know irish jags uh, and others are dreaming of you know what might be that's what this league is all about it's about the hope it's about the what ifs and it's about the who knows i think a lot of that plays with the fact if you look at some of the jags games this season which they have lost they've lost they've been they've been in a lot of games a lot of lost a lot of games in which they could have won i mean the game in, in london you know we still i still reflect and column said at the time you know if if they put that touchdown in and going 40 nil you know the game essentially changes dramatically and it was a bad play call and then they played against the Giants and they were not they had an opportunity to win the game late. 
somebody uh, the game week one against Washington, they were in a position to win that game. They've just they've had so many near misses in games. So you know, last week was very much a game where people saw, here we go again. The Jags are here, but they won't get it over the line. They did last week. Doug Peterson, himself, and Mark spoke about it on the show Monday night. But in terms of percentage of head coach throughout the course of his career, who goes for two point conversions, he's he's up there with in terms of top numbers. So it didn't come as a surprise that they went for the win. If it had went another way, there would have been a lot of criticism this week. Dan Campbell has had a bit of criticism this week, despite the great performance on Thanksgiving and then how close they ran. They ran the um, they ran the Bills close. It was the play, it was the play calling and how he managed the clock in the last two minutes of the first half and how he managed the game at the end, essentially giving the Bills numerous opportunities to go and score on both sides of the of the clock. Um, it was a ten point swing before half time and then at the at the end, leaving them in the position to score. I was looking at the numbers today, Lawrence and Goff, you know, bearing in mind where they are in their careers, Goff has had a lot of criticism, 2,682 yards versus 2,655, 16 touchdowns to 17, six picks against seven picks, I won't even tell you which one is which because it just goes to say, show how close they are in terms of the season. Um, I expect this to be a high scoring game, like I think like everybody does, it come, I think it'll come down to who has the ball last, it could be a field goal game, 30-27 type of game, and as well as Travis Etienne has played, I think, this one-two punch in which we're seeing from the Lions with Williams, with Swift, who came back from injury last week and played reasonably well. I think that will be enough for the Lions to win this game and get over the hump of last week's defeat. And if they had won last week, it would have been four in a row, so they have to go again. I think they'll be in a position to win this game come the end. Lions for me. Yeah, for anyone wondering why we're all thinking it's going to be high scoring, if you go by yards, these are two top 10 offenses. And then when you flip the side on the yards allowed to the defense, you're talking about 24th and 32nd in the league. So two offenses that will get you yards and get down the field against two defenses that can't stop you in a wet paper bag. Um it was actually interesting. I saw a great stat during the week about the lines and explosive plays. And, and Brian, you'll recall I called this out about the Giants earlier in the season. They were getting plenty of 20-plus-yard runs from Saquon Barkley, but not many 20-plus re- re- receptions. They weren't very effective in the downfield passing game. Um, the Lions have actually three different players who've recorded a rush a rush for more than 50 yards, William Swift and actually Amon Raz Sam Brown as well. But the only player that had a 50-yard-plus reception was TJ Hawkinson, who's obviously now on the Vikings. Um, And then you think, well, why haven't they had a downfield passing? Oh, yeah, that's right, because Jared Goff is their quarterback. And it all starts to become a little bit clearer again. Um, That being said, I am worried about the Jags. I'm worried about Travis Etienne. They say his day-to-day should play, but, you know, a lot of their offense is going through him. And not only the away record uh, column – their remarkable failure rate against NFC teams. They have not won in 19 games against NFC teams um, as well as part of their historic stats of uh, poor performance. I genuinely, and I know I sometimes say this, but I would not be surprised by any outcome in this game. If you told me it was the Lions in a close one, the Jags in a close one, the Lions in a blowout, the Jags in a blowout, I think every possibility um, is open, and I've generally flip-flopped on this game a few times. I will go with Trevor Lawrence over Jared Goff, but yeah, if you ask me at 5.59 on Sunday, I might change my mind just yet yeah, once again. But I'll go with you, Colm. Two on the Jags. Brian is on the Lions. But 
as the uh, as the baker said to the vicar, let's get to the good stuff. Um, the New York Jets at seven and four in a playoff spot, um, fighting and vying, obviously, with a couple of good results to get back up. Only one game behind the Bills and the Dolphins for the NFC uh, AFC East against the Minnesota Vikings at nine and two. Column only saw last week beat the Patriots on Thanksgiving uh, live and in person. Who are, of course on the second seed at the moment, potentially challenging the Eagles for the first seed in the NFC overall. I have this nagging doubt about those two losses being blowouts by the Cowboys and the Eagles themselves. Colm, first of all, mouth-watering should be a good game, especially with uh, uh, lightning-fast Iron Mike White now um, sitting in position as the Jets quarterback. Yeah, if people haven't uh, seen the the memes that are out there, and I don't know who was first, but there was a great one of uh, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, and it had uh, the Mike White era versus 1pm Kirk Cousins. Um, and uh, could, could that be the case? But then we saw Mike White last year have incredible games, but over the long stretch revert to, to form. Uh, Kirk uh, has a much longer history of uh, success, particularly, obviously, in the early window slot, though he managed to to do it uh, in the late game on, on Thanksgiving. Yeah, the, the two losses would be concerning, uh, certainly, though if they are 8-0 in one-score games. So if it is close, um, the Vikings can find a way to, to win. And... Um, I think I mentioned it on the um, when I was on briefly um, previously. The uh, not that not that I'm ba- I'm tipping them to to win the Super Bowl, but the Tampa Bay Bucks in their Super Bowl winning season just a couple of years ago had a thirty point loss on on that uh, schedule. So all things are possible. This is, and and in fairness to the Vikings, the other thing about it is that the NFL's top four defenses in DVOA, the Cowboys, the Patriots, the Bills, and the Jets. And thus far, the the, uh, Vikings played those in a four-game stretch, back to back to back. Of the three thus far, they are two and one. So they've done pretty pretty well, and it's going to be probably a test of maybe them and of Kevin O'Connell's um, you know, race for the coach of the year and maybe Justin Jefferson for offensive player of the year. If they get the win against the, the Jets and they go three and one against those defenses, you would have to be seriously impressed by that. Uh, Jefferson is unbelievable. Um, we had, had the good fortune to see him twice uh, now. I, I have this year in person and he is everything that you want and more. Um, also, he was the uh, last player introduced to the field on that Thanksgiving uh, game, uh, an honor usually reserved for the QB, but the place went crazy when he came out, and you can understand why. He's everything you want and more. He, uh, We heard O'Connell talk about him becoming more of a leader, and he was the one excuse me, on the sidelines who was leading the skull chats right at the end. Um, he, that that's what you want and the, the the other thing about it is he's so good he gets all the attention adam thielen is ridiculous adam thielen is i believe sixth um I, I was trying to look this up earlier on and i believe adam thielen is uh 
He over the last four years, in terms of receiving touchdowns, Devonta Adams, Mike Evans, Travis Kelsey, Diggs, Hill, Cup, then Thielen. That is incredible company to be keeping. And when you have those two guys, and you mentioned earlier, uh, Hawkinson, I, um, Mark, in terms of what he did for the Lions, I think he's been a great trade. Uh, he certainly has the look of a Viking, and he seems to have fit in very well uh, into those surroundings. I think this could be a really good game. Um, I think you're going to see Jefferson going up against Sauce Gardner. That should be fun to watch all afternoon. I'm going to say that home advantage um, will just see the Vikings edge it. But again, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Jets, if the Jets were to go and get the win in Minnesota and move to eight and four, I wouldn't be shocked at all. I think they that what Robert Sala has done there and the cojones he showed to drop um, the number two overall pick shows what he is made of. And I think that the the respect that the players have for him, I really think this will be a fantastic matchup. I'm going to go with the Vikings to edge it. Mark, just remember on 4th of December, if the Vikings do make it to the Super Bowl, Colin will be reflecting on that night in which he said, I told us about that time that team gave away 30 points in one game and still went to the Super Bowl. I was looking at this Jets defense, um, Sauce Gardner, yeah, you're right, he's had a fantastic season and this will probably be the sternest test in which he's come up against this season for arguably he is the best wide receiver in the league without a doubt they're fifth ranked in the league i mean they haven't given up a touchdown when well, they gave up one against the bears last week on the opening drive and then essentially then shut the bears down now in fairness the bears didn't have justin fields and they were playing with Trey. Brian, have we lost you? I'm back. I'm back. You're back. You're back. Good man. Yeah, I think I think the system got got confused. He thought I was picking the Jets there for a second and didn't know what to make of it. Um, no, I was just making the point that they shut the Bears down very early on in the game last week. And the previous week was all around that uh, punt at the end in which they conceded on the special teams against the Patriots. But they still held the Patriots you know, to a field goal throughout the course of the game. And they had critical plays at, at big moments in the game. And it looked like the Patriots potentially could score touchdowns. We saw a couple of weeks ago the Vikings were essentially shut down by the Cowboys, who are one of the strongest defences in the league. And I would put them in there with this Jets defence. And that's why I'm I'm seeing so many reasons as to why I should pick the Jets. But again, Colin was called on it earlier on. And there was, in fairness, when Mike Boyd played last year, there was three games. There was the Bengals game where he played really well. There was the Colts game away where he got injured. And they rushed him back and played him against the Bills in the four interceptions. So again, you have to argue whether he should have even played in that game. But I can't see a situation where Mike White can play that well two weeks in a row. And do I think he's a long-term answer for him? Probably, he potentially could be, and I think he certainly is for the next for the remainder of the season. But to go in and play at that level two weeks in a row against a, a strong Vikings team, which has had their flaws in defense, let's be fair, they have. Even last week, Mac Jones had a really strong game against them, and um, the Patriots went up and down the field for large parts. And as we said on today's podcast, the Hunter Henry touchdown, we've seen them given, we've seen them go against teams. Um, I'll go Vikings. I think it'll be a really close game. But um, again, I'm kind of I'm leaning on the home field side of things and Jefferson finding ways to get himself in the game and get players. And maybe Dalvin Cook will be the one that you know comes out on Sunday and is the game winner for them if Sauce Garden has a strong game against Jefferson. They need to find another way of winning the game. I'll lean Vikings. Not comfortable about the pick, though. 
I, I always remember the great uh, Dr. Z, Paul Zim, Zinnerman, Zimmerman, sorry, I'm going to say, of uh, Sports Illustrated, would love and always rank offensive lines at the end of the season. And he kind of gave special awards or writing awards to the uh, the offensive line. And he, I think it was him who first said the statement about the NFL is actually a weird sport. American football generally is a strange sport. It's one of the rarest ones where actually 90% of the action takes place away from the ball. And if you think about it and you think about opening up the coaches' film the next day and everything, it's actually, well, how was the O-line blocking? How were the people getting open? What was the root combination of the wide receivers in order to get people free? Were they playing man? Were they playing zone, you know, and defense? So, yes, you see the snap and obviously the cameraman follows the ball. But in fact, some of the most fascinating aspects of the game can be all of the stuff that happens with the people that aren't actually even touching the ball. This weekend, that match up the two of you calling out, between um, Jefferson and Source Gardner would be worth the price of admission alone. Um, it's only a few weeks ago Jefferson did burn Pat Satane, who I rank in similar category, an amazing cover corner, and he burns him a few times. Um, that's the quality that Justin Jefferson is bringing to town in relation to it. You can be sure that Salah will mix coverages. He may not obviously leave... Um, Source Gardner on an island against him. He may take a leaf from the old Bill Belichick playbook, which is you put Source Gardner then on their number two and you double bracket. You put him on Adam Thielen, for example, and you um, double cover and bracket uh, Jefferson all game long to try to limit his impact. But how the defense, as good as the Jets has been this year, I think their fifth overall matches up and potentially tries to lock down those wide receivers and in turn tries to lock down that Vikings offense to me, is going to be the narrative and the story of this game. And, yeah, whatever the guy, the fly boy who gets all the girls and gets all the money with the ball in his hand that tries to throw it does, it's actually what those guys do, especially those two key wide receivers, which are going to be so key. Um, it's difficult in one sense to get behind Mike White striking lightning again. He obviously had a couple of big games at the end of last season, but he had one absolute stinker as well so you can't get too carried away in relation to it and i know in fairness jets fans aren't getting too carried away but they are giddy and excited obviously it being three games above 500 um but with that defense with the vikings inconsistency in big games so thus far i mean with those remarkable two losses even though they're nine and two they, I think they're 28, 23.8 points on average scored and 23.4 points on average conceded. That's a rather interesting point differential, to say the least. Um, and they're at home and everything reads the right way and Justin Jefferson's amazing. But no, I think what Robert Saller and New York Jets are doing is something special this year. Um, and even though, if I go back only the last couple of weeks, the Jets lost to the Patriots, then the Patriots probably lost to Minnesota. I still think on balance, on this day in particular, the New York Jets are going to find a way, they're going to get the win, and they're going to continue their march uh, towards a playoff spot and indeed keep